Hello, and uh, welcome to Senior Beat. Uh, my name is Tom Frazier, and with me is my co-producer. I'm really her co-producer, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works both ways. Uh, is Christine Beatty, who is the director of the Madison Senior Center. Hi, how are you, Tom? Nice to see you again. Oh, it's always good to see um, you in these programs. I understand you're getting over a little cold. So. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Get your flu shot. Is I, I've already got, I've got it and it should be good by now. So. Great, good. Uh, anyway, great. And you're going to introduce our first guest. Yes, we're so pleased to have Tori Penaway with us today. And uh, Tori is the equity coordinator for the city of Madison. And um, I've been involved in some uh, very important training that's been going on throughout the city of Madison. And um, I thought it would be good to talk about that with, um, with our audience because so many wonderful things are happening. Um, you've, you're in charge of some initials, <laughs> R-E-S-J-I. Right. <laughs> and that stands for Racial, Racial Equity. Social Justice Social Initiative. Initiative. Right. Okay. So we'll, we'll just call it the initiative. Mm -hmm. But it's Racial Equity Social Justice Initiative. And this is throughout the city of Madison currently. Is that right? Right. So it has both an internal and an external focus. Mm -hmm. um, internal for all employees that's from the mayor's office all the way through city government, all 27 departments our alders and our executive branch, mm -hmm. and then it's also for the community that we serve. Okay, so this is primarily, internal is primarily the training and the development of some work groups, I understand. Correct, and additionally, for our policies and our procedures, our operations as well, mm -hmm. um, and then externally for all of our operations that we provide for services as well. Okay, so, so we're going to be not only looking at how we work within the city, mm -hmm. but also the services that we provide in Absolutely. the community. Um, we have a, a, a wonderful little um, illustration that I th that has really um, kind of touched me because I think it really helps explain mm -hmm. the differences between equality and equity. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the one that you know probably very well with right. the, the tall and short people in the boxes. Right. Can you just talk about that a little bit? So one of the illustrations or images that we use often in our part one training, and this is something that we are really getting to the point where we're trying to mandate throughout government right now, and it's the, the variations of the difference between equality and equity. And in the image, we have um, a group of young people. Um, we tried to make it um, very diverse so you couldn't tell the difference between gender, whether they were male and female. Mm -hmm. But what you see in the image is on one side in um, equality, everyone is standing at a fence. And there's not a fair distribution of who could see over the fence. Right. And up until this time, we have been operating under the equality. Everybody um, gets one box. Well, or everyone gets one box, but we don't all start at the, the, the starting line. We start at the start, starting line with the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Because that's what we, we, we think. If we all just have the same thing, we're good. Yeah. 
And that's what equality is. Mm -hmm. We think that if everyone just have the same access, then we all will have what, what we, we need. need. And we know now, um, and we've known for forever, um, that that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Just having the same thing doesn't always afford everyone the opportunity to the same services yeah. or the same benefits right. or the same start to get to where they need. And so this illustration really gives us an opportunity to say, hmm, are there barriers? Are we getting to the outcomes that we need? And so here comes e equity. Equity really demonstrates that no, the outcomes of those three individuals doesn't demonstrate what we're really trying to get at because it doesn't address the historical patterns or the inequalities of the historical patterns and the unfair distribution of how this played out in our economic systems yeah. or in our educations or the disparities that we see in incarceration and education and all of the different indicators. So much Just, in the context. Right, yeah. right. And so then we look at, okay, these same three individuals are standing at the fence, but what if there was a difference in how those boxes were moved around, mm -hmm. right? The little guy or little young lady or person, right? Because we don't know what their gender or sex is, right? Um, what if the little person had two boxes? Because the taller person really don't need a box. They can see over the fence. That's right. The objective is everybody seeing over the fence. Right. That's, that's what we want. That's our goal. Right. Our goal is, is to have a better outcome and remove unintended consequences to get at those those historical patterns, yeah. Yeah. right? That of unfair distribution, right. right? Because we don't need the same things when we start, right? Right. I think that I think that diagram was very helpful to me in terms of understanding what we're trying to do. Um, and actually, everyone in the city of Madison is going to get um, not just one level of training, but three levels Absolutely. of training on this whole concept, and you're responsible for that all by yourself? No, not all by myself, not <laughs> all by myself. Yeah, that's a lot of work for one person. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a wonderful team of individuals um, that's represented throughout uh, city government. Um, we have what's called a core team, and with that core team, we have two to three representative representing all 27 departments that right. make up the core team. Um, and it's by design, yeah. very intentionally. And those 27 folks come together and they represent the core team. And with that, I have four um, different action teams that work with me as well. Right. Um, I have a tools and training team, a communication team, a community connections team, and a um, data team that, that come together with. that help do the work. And in my division, we, we also have an RESJI team within mm -hmm. our division as well. So, right. you know, I can kind of see this wonderful network that's starting to be developed right. throughout the whole um, organization right. that is really dedicated. And I think when you identify people to serve on a team like that, you also get some buy-in from mm -hmm. everyone. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, this, the idea of this lens? Mm -hmm. I, that was a lot of, in the training I heard, you know, what is this lens that we're going to be looking through as city employees or uh, at projects that the city does? 
So the intent behind the work that we're doing is to have transformation over a period of time to get at those indicators that we're talking about to alleviate the disparities. We know that um, we have um, marginalized communities in the city of Madison, yes, yes. and the goal is over time, we would like to be able to remove those barriers yes. in our low income, our marginalized communities, and our people in, in, in with people of color and in mm -hmm. um, the city, both internally for our employees, but also externally in the community. And what we mean for about the services trans, that for we the provide. services that yeah. we provide, yeah. but but also internally for employees yeah. and the morale and how they are able to promote and um, move around within um, government. And so what we mean about transformation is is that over time. We're very intentional about looking at our policies. What are the unintended consequences? Um, when we look at policy development and we use our analysis mm -hmm. and we say who's burdened, who's benefited, what information that we have in our processes. Now we have different tools that we use or analysis. We have an equity, racial equity impact analysis tool. Mm -hmm. um, we train individuals on how to use these analysis. We have it in our hiring process too, an equitable um, hiring tool as well. And so when we say looking through a racial equity lens, we want it to be one of those things that um, not just a check the box exercise, mm -hmm. that you are entering into your daily work every day thinking about equity as just something you do naturally. We want to operationalize mm -hmm. how you go about doing your work, that it becomes natural, right? Yeah. And so we're starting off by using it in part two and part three of our trainings mm -hmm. so that we're teaching folks how to do analysis leading with race because we have 28 protective classes in the city of yeah. Madison. We're leading with race because it's the thing that we don't talk about mm -hmm. at all. And so how do we help people to be leaders with talking about race? Right. And leaders is everyone in the organization. And so being transformational is giving you the right skills and tools to have courageous conversations about the things you don't want to talk about, helping you to recognize being direct, using the tools, right, or doing equity analysis to say who's burdened, who's benefit, what are the unintended consequences. Yeah. Having public participation, meaning that bringing the community in when right. we're doing these analysis, right, mm -hmm. both on the hiring end, both in our policy development with policies and our budgets, over time, we hope to be able to operationalize this, Great. meaning that Great. you're yeah. doing this without having to say, oh, where's that paper to do that analysis? Right. You're just doing it. It's just it. a part it's of what you're doing. It's just ingrained in everything that you know, you're doing. You know, there's an example um, years ago when we were hiring at the senior center, it struck me that our jobs description required a college education. Mm. And that was a barrier for right. older people who right. might be interested in some of the jobs at the senior center. And that's a and great example. Is that a, yes, I that's was going to say, I think as you were talking, I was thinking about that. Right. So are you finding other barriers? Are you, has this been operationalized enough so that you've found uh, some changes in a policy, for right. example? That is an absolutely great example for a hiring situation. And so one of the things that we do in the equitable hiring um, process is that that particular tool 
um, engages us to go back to the classification specification and say, when was the last time this update was updated? For example, if I'm hiring an administrative clerk um, and this job does not require this person to drive, why am I asking in the job posting for a driver's license? Exactly. So you're doing a thorough evaluation of all of the knowledge, skills, and abilities, the core competencies of the work that is required right. for that job, and you're not putting in unintended things or barriers that will bar a huge population because my data team will say, hey, we know that maybe 30% of the African-American or the Latino or the Hmong or whatever population do not have driver's license. That is not an, a, a requirement or a job function mm -hmm. that is required to do this work. So why would we allow yeah. for that yeah. driver's license yeah. to be put in a class? A because that automatically would exclude someone. Uh, exclude. So, so that's a barrier. Tori, we don't have a lot of time right. left, but I mean, I think we have kind of the basic outline of right. what you're trying to do. It seems to me that the city of Madison is one of these big titanics going down mm -hmm. the ocean. Mm -hmm. And we are, when we say transformation, we're right. trying to move that ship. Um, but that's just a small piece of what we're doing. I know. I mean, you're doing other things, too, but it's going to take time, right. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for um, yeah. joining us today and just talking about that, because I think that um, this initiative starting, or maybe it started other places, too, mm -hmm. but it's going to be really important for everything that we do right. um, in the future. Um, is there a, would you give us a contact number in case our audience is interested in more information? Well, um, my direct number, because for the life of me, I don't know oh, my don't department worry. number by heart, but my direct number is 608-267-4915. I can be found in the Department of Civil Rights. Wonderful. Right. Thank you for being with us, Tori. <laughs> yes, thank we'll you. We'll be right back.
Uh, welcome back to Senior B. My name is Tom Frazier, and with me is Christine Beattie, who will also introduce our next two wonderful guests. Well, I'm excited because these uh, folks are from the Madison Rainbow Project, which is quite a remarkable organization. Cheryl Cotto is the executive director, and Serena... Bring is um, the facilitator for a very unique program for grandparents who are raising grandchildren. Yes. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. What's um, I, I, I was putting around this number in my head that in one of the census, I read that there were half a million older people in this country who are yes, raising their grandchildren. It has been a trend for quite some time. Yes. Even the 2000 census um, began recording 64% increases nationally in the number of grandparents who were primary caregivers yes. for their grandchildren. Yeah. And in 1994, it's also interesting, U.S. Congress predicted that the two largest populations that would be in poverty are our very youngest and our very oldest. Yes. And unfortunately, that is happening. And so that was one of the motivations for us to start this special program. Right. Can you just give us a quick uh, uh, elevator speech about Rainbow Project right. so we, we know a little bit about sure. uh, the organization? Well, actually, um, the Rainbow Project is 37 years old mm -hmm. in terms of service to the community. Uh, we have actually worked with 11,000, over 11,500 children and 11,000 caregivers. Mm -hmm. And our primary goal is working with families with younger age children, infants mm -hmm. through primarily 10 and 11 years of age. Mm -hmm. And the common denominator for families is that there is trauma. So that may mean um, child abuse, neglect, mm -hmm. domestic violence, community violence, but it is the broader um, range of trauma as well, mm -hmm. including grief and loss, mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, natural disasters, serious sure. accidents, hospitalizations. So it really is that broader it's spectrum broader. of trauma, right. uh, really focusing on young children because that is really uh, a risk, high-risk population for developing post-traumatic stress disorder and with early childhood brain development and neurobiology. We're learning a lot about we that, really aren't we, Cheryl? Get in there early. That one, or birth to three, is just yes. such a crucial time for young kids. You said this was a trend for quite some time, and you know, I'm kind of aware of that as well. What do you think, right now I can see like the opioid crisis would yes. be exacerbating oh, this yeah. issue because yeah. the parents are right they're addicts <laughs> overdosing and, unfortunately and, substance abuse can be one it? of the factors as well right. and there are so that should be, that would be something that would really be increasing the statistics right now yes yeah. yes uh, and, but what about before i mean like 10 or 20 years ago. What? Well, sometimes it is incarceration. It could uh -huh. be um, domestic violence. It could be mental illness. It could be lots of other reasons why there is not that ability for the adult child to be able to parent their well, child. Well, and we have a divorce rate that is so high that sometimes a divorce means that there's only one parent in these families, too. That's, right. That's, right. If anything right. happens right. to the one, then the child is really uh, struggling. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing that I think that we should point out, I mean, we're not 
talking about everybody being 80 years old here. We're talking about grandparents who are as young as what? Well, in the state of Wisconsin, there are over 78,000 grandparents okay. as primary caregivers, and 70% are under the age of 60. Yeah. Under 60. Yes. That's what, I mean, I think there's some as young as in the 40s. Yes. The, the average grandmother yeah. several years ago was 47. I was really shocked by that. But yeah. I, think I, in, shocked by I think that. in our program, the range is 43 to 73, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In that age yeah. range, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's a big range. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a big, big, big range. Yeah. But, and, the, and the reasons, incarceration, um, you know, just that divorce rate, the opiate addiction problem, all of those things add to that issue. Yes. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the work that you're doing with uh, these grandparents? Yeah, happy to. Um, so Rainbow Project has responded to this issue and has responded with a support group that has been monthly for a number of years. And so it's the second Saturday of every month. And we have um, a number of participants who show up and we offer two different components through the group. One is offering um, some support in terms of getting from their peers the, the peer support that's necessary to... Knowing they aren't alone, right. I bet. I mean, yes. it, that's something that I yeah. bet you often run into. Yes. People yes. think, I'm the only one with this problem. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of isolation and loneliness that's and feeling right. like you're the only one. And there's also an added layer of sometimes feeling guilt and shame regarding um, oh, the first oh, yes. generation and what um, that mm -hmm. parent is experiencing yeah. that has led to taking care of um, yeah. their grandchild. And so um, having that peer support has been a really critical component of the group. And then in addition to that, we provide re um, we have speakers come in from the community who speak to certain issues that the group has identified as wanting to know more about, mm -hmm. um, and that can range from anything from learning more about um, gang violence in the community or learning about how to navigate the school system with IEPs, that type of thing. Um, depends on what is sort of surfacing for the group at the time. Right, right. Um, you said I, I uh, don't know what an individual <laughs> education plan. Oh, yes. okay. Thank you. Yeah. Very much. <laughs> we, we all speak yes. a special language. Sorry don't we? about that. Thank well, you. Well, I think there's some very unique things, and we often call them grand families, but. Mm -hmm. Um, they may have some support for themselves financially with senior housing or with medications and other things, but once they are um, legally responsible for their grandchildren, they may lose um, some of uh, those, uh, including respite and mm -hmm. transportation and other things that we were surprised to learn about, particularly when there is an age Right. Um, eligibility more, criteria. More exactly. Less. Well, when you think about the housing, the thing that struck me was if you have, if you have three children that you're caring for, you need three bedrooms because you're going to have two boys and a girl right, right. or two girls and a boy, and you need a bedroom. And think about that being able to afford an apartment or a home with three bedrooms. And I think that there are other dynamics that I had not thought about either, and we started our program in 2004. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's more um, the dynamics in the family of Grandpa says, this isn't what I planned yeah. for retirement. Yeah. Um, and Grandma may really be devoted to wanting to do this. Sometimes the other children, adult children, say, right. well, what about 
my children. And so right. there are things yeah. that we were surprised about that yeah. we um, noticed. And it's so wonderful to be able to share some of these um, concerns that they have, including what I think Serena was talking about. There are is shame sometimes uh, with that. Well, we, we were talking before the program started that, that um, legally, the, the, if you're going to have legal custody, it may get happen that you have to prove your child is incompetent or, or a bad parent. I mean, think about how difficult that would be um, to do. Uh, just strikes me that that would be really tough. And I think that's one of the things that they are able to support one another and help um, folks with who are in different stages of this yes. kind of process. Yes. And oftentimes they are being very supportive and not in a legal way right. uh, mm -hmm. to raise their grandchildren. But there comes a time when the responsibilities are difficult for everyone involved right. and permanency needs to happen. For so the there child. Are, so yeah. there are attorneys who have specialty areas in uh, grandparent rights, and those are some of the other topics that they ask about. So well. that would be a topic that you would have in the in the support group for people. Yes. And are there uh, any other issues that you can share with us uh, that happens uh, with this kind of a circumstance? We mentioned housing mm -hmm. uh, being very difficult. Um, um, certainly, custody and medical. I mean, how do you do medical things with with being responsible for your grandchildren? All of those seem to strike me as being really tricky. Yes, and I think a lot of that comes down to the legality of it and mm -hmm. who sort of has custody of the child and is able to access those um, services that you've listed. Mm -hmm. um, so we certainly do a lot to educate the um, group about what their rights are, but also how to advocate for themselves and where to find that support in the community so that those services feel accessible mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. um, other topics that we like to address with the group, um, you mentioned the opiate addiction, and so prior to the opiate mm -hmm. epidemic, there's been a growing concern around addictions in general, and so we've had a number of people come in and speak about substance abuse and what that and disorder and what that means to work with an adult child who may um, be in recovery or seeking recovery and how that impacts their ability to parent and then mm -hmm. what it looks like to um, to decide, make decisions with that parent um, regarding the grandchild. Some, maybe some strategizing yeah. about what's the best way to approach As well this. as prevention yeah. for that grandchild. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, the focus, I'm focusing on the grandparent and the parent, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the real focus here has got to be the grandchild and what how their life is going to be. I've been know. impressed with how uh, feisty the grandmas and grandpas are <laughs> yeah. and how uh, courageous they have been and you really think about it, it would be really hard for those grandchildren without having had them right. uh, in their lives and some have actually been involved in legislative committee to you know really go before the um, at the Capitol to before the Joint Finance Committee to really support certain legislation that may increase kinship care payments or yeah. bullying legislation, but really mm -hmm. devoting yeah. some of their direction towards that. That's great that they can take a, a situation that may or may not be what they anticipated yes. and turn it around it's to exactly make it right. a, a difference for the rest of the people. So Serena, is most of the, what happens through the support groups and then you kind of go from there in terms of 
resources and education and so the the, the core is the support groups that meet every other right. Saturday. Second Saturday of every month. Second, Second Saturday, Saturday of every month. And we have a warm line as well. A warm line means it's not a hot line, yeah. crisis line. It's a place to call but when you need a little yes. extra help. Yeah, great. And mm -hmm. give us some contact information. Would you have telephone number? Well, it's 608-255-7356 and it's extension. Three, two, four. And that gets to you, <laughs> yes. right? And then what about more information like a website? Do we have a website that we can yes, direct people it's to? It's www.therainbowproject.net. Dot net. Yep. Okay. Very good, because I think that people will want some more information on this topic, and there's a lot well, we to be had. So. Yeah. We hope so. And um, they can get a hold of if you. If people yes. want to join the group, uh, they call and say, is it all right if I come? Or? Yeah, call okay. the, the number that we just gave, and okay. um, from there we'll get you in contact with the information you need so that you can join us. It's an open group, so we're always you know, of the mindset, the more the merrier. We want to make sure that everybody feels welcome and that our doors are open. Okay. Thank you so much for Thank joining you for us. Thank for having us. Important topic. See you next month on Senior Beat.